0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian, on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Today we have Phil from a band called Taproot. Let's go.
1: Hello. Oh no! Oh boy! Ah, here it comes—the
0: motherfucking Loud Spot. Today I am joined with by my producer Sam, who is in the background clicking buttons for us and we of course are here with phil from a band called tapper one of my favorite bands that got me through some hard times. I, I never really had hard times that's a lie just a band i really liked uh from the early 2000 era and you guys are coming out with a brand new album 2023 i think it's your seventh studio album is that right
2: i believe that is correct yes
0: dang that's is that exi- is that exciting to come out with an album after I Don't know 11 years of not having one, maybe.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Um, just the way things have worked out. Because, uh, as for me, um, I was kind of like, I'm done with this <laughs> nonsense for a while, you know. And you know, we took our little hiatus, and um, as of the beginning of this year, I wasn't planning on doing anything. I, we had one show on the books, we we're gonna play Blue Ridge Rock Festival in Virginia mm-hmm. and see how it goes. We you know we, we had a new guitar player that was gonna play with us, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Steve was ready to release a record, and I talked to our, you know, this guy that I've known forever that is now managing us, this guy, Tom Hazart. And by talking to him, he had pretty much quit the music industry. I was kind of out of it. And then by, once we started talking, we got excited, talked to Steve, and all of a sudden, you know, what started out as, hey, do you guys want to do some taproot skateboards? turned into. Basically, you know, pretty much a tour, a new album, all sorts of stuff going on, man. We got merch. We got, I mean, everything's just all of a sudden fired up and everything's moving and I'm excited. He's excited. Everybody's excited. It's just like, where'd all this come from? You know?
0: Well, you guys have been playing show or you guys played a show at least in 2013. I think you guys went on tour. Was there any other shows that you've played between the last release that you were probably promoting on that tour? Um, until... I guess any time between yeah. the void, I guess we'll call it the void.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a void. We did a, um, like a welcome anniversary show in, uh, at the machine shop. We did two nights at the machine shop in Flint, Michigan, basically our hometown. And then we did a 20th, 20th anniversary show at the token lounge again in Michigan. Um, just two shows, just kind of for fun. They were, I think one was 2015, one was 2017 or 2017, 2019, something like that. Um, they're definitely years apart. And then years from now, like, I think it's been six years. So, yeah, that would be 2017 was our last show.
0: So the band never officially, like, broke up. You guys just kind of stopped playing.
2: Yeah, really. It just, like, you know, just kind of got burnt out. Um, You know, music industry for us wasn't doing great for us. Uh, Steve was having some health issues and just, you know, personal stuff with everybody. And we just, like, sat off the road for a little while. Um, Steve had been working on this record pretty much this whole time, though. Uh, He had these songs on our last tour, and we were all excited for it. And then just, you know, he's been working on trying to finish it up, um, between, you know, his busy life. So when you guys did your last tour, did you expect that to kind of be it for a while? Did you know, or did
0: it it was just kind of one of those things that just happened that life got busy and I, maybe some, maybe people got married. I don't know. Things happen in life that are unexpected.
2: Yeah, we weren't, I wasn't necessarily expecting this long of a break. Um, but as it started happening, it's like, okay, you know, how are we going to make this work still? And, you know, uh, I know some of us needed a lo- longer break than others for me. I'm, gl- I'm glad for the break. Um, I wasn't, I was probably the least person that wanted to take a break when it first happened, but once it happened I, I started getting, you know, my life in order a little bit <laughs> outside of, um, you know, being in a band, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was kind of nice to have some stability for a while, you know, cause we've been doing this since, you know, pretty much since straight out of college or some of us didn't go to college, you know, um, 97 is when we started 2000 is when we first got signed. And we're pretty much constant ever since. So as an adult, I never really had stability.
0: How? How? Okay, tell me about the stress of that. Because a lot of bands you hear, like for me, you know, I grew up. I went to graduate high school like two thousand one. So of course, Taproot was kind of a, a big part of. I listened to rock music was a was a not big up and coming band, but we don't think as fans. We we I guess we don't care about the artists. We just we just you guys are, we just assume you guys are doing good things, you know. But I get a, probably a lot of bands have stability issues because you may not be able to pay your bills all the time.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I'm actually in the middle of reading uh, our drummer original drummer Jared's book called True Rock Stars and kind of reliving a lot of that old stuff that we talked about um, or that we've lived through rather. And he references like you know at the time before we got signed, we all kind of thought if you were on MTV, you must have have you know millions of dollars or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're doing great and everything's awesome but the reality is so not that at all um and what's weird about it with, with speaking of stability like there are times when i had more money ever in the bank per se but you don't know when your next money is going to come from you know you don't have this you know weekly or bi-weekly paycheck you know it's, it's just it might be six months it might be a year before you actually see some real money again you got so a man, you, man right what's that you got to manage, you got to manage your, you got to manage yeah.
0: money, right? Because because if, if, you, you go out, let's say you make a few hundred thousand dollars on a some big tour without I don't know how much you made, something like that. And you go, oh, we're going to do another tour, blah, blah, blah. The next thing you know, you buy a fucking brand new Mercedes or something, you just pay cash for it. And then, oh, two years goes by not doing anything.
2: It, yeah. Does that happen? Like, you know? Yeah. Except for the hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that. And, and, the, and the, not the really nice cars, but it was never quite that big for us. But I mean, same kind of idea. Um, we were fortunate enough to have good business managers that said, you know, so like, you know, we have a, we have a different cut with the band. It was 30, 30, 20, 20 for, you know, Mike and Steve where they were the main songwriters. So they got 30%. Me and Jerry got 20% of everything we made, um, of like the publishing and stuff. So they would get a bigger, so essentially what they said is they don't want any of us to run out of money first, right? They don't want me to blow all my money or someone else to blow all their money. So Steve and Mike took whatever they had extra and they could just kind of do whatever, right? That was pulled out of the bank account. So we all had even started off even then we'd all take the same amount of money every month, you know? So we kind of had allowance for ourselves. And if anyone said, hey, dude, I just crashed my car. I need, you know, $1,500. Then everybody takes out $1,500. Oh, so you it, was, it was
0: like a budgeting, uh, I was like, was it was like a budgeting
2: manager. Yeah, say so I'm an account manager or business manager okay. or whatever. But that was one of the pieces of advice he gave us because where, where you get into trouble is say, you know, I I blow all my money just doing whatever. I'm gambling or something, not that I'm a gambler, but if I was, you know, I blow my money gambling and all of a sudden I'm struggling. Someone else has more money, but I'm, you know, I'm not and now I'm trying to borrow from somebody else or trying to get advances. And, you know, that's that's where the stress of a band, you know, gets even harder, right? It's hard enough without somebody not making the same amount of money as the others you know so for us it was it just made sense to do that you know it's was, it was probably one of the best decisions we've ever done so let's talk about
0: then spotify for a second all right because you're talking about budgeting and now back in the early 2000s you made your money on touring and merch of course yeah but you also made some money maybe you didn't maybe it depends on how the label there's there's this cat by the way he has a bangle cat <laughs>
2: this is ember
0: <And>, Amber. ember <laughs> Amber ember Ember sitting ember. right there next to him this spotify i know it, it pays a little bit does that k- kind of help at all supplement any kind of income yeah not selling merchandise so, <laughs> the cat's like yes it does <laughs> so does, that, does that help you kind of know uh some sort of a budget or as far as you know what a monthly around uh, monthly income is going to be if you're not touring and not selling merchandise
2: yeah we definitely we have a, a pretty regular um publishing you know now that we've especially since we've been off tour right we don't have these ups and downs spikes it's just sort of like we have this constant flow of a tiny bit of money that comes from (laughs) spotify and youtube and all the streaming yeah it wouldn't be even close to make a living by but it's just a little extra like for i consider it christmas money you know i usually dole it out to all the guys at christmas and you know here's a little extra little bit of something um but yeah it's it's but you can see it you know and there are weird spikes every once in a while it makes me go i wonder what happened there you know like what, (laughs) what why did you got pushed some some yeah some yeah. For
0: some reason like you had more monthly listeners for whatever reason it's probably me playing it a bunch of times while I was driving right, <laughs>
2: right, right, right it right. helps though man the streaming definitely helps you can see it um it's 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 people keep listening to our stuff through the streams man it's it's great did Blue Ridge Rock Fest come up before you decided
0: you might have answered it earlier but I I was happy. I was listening but let's let's answer it anyways did Blue Ridge Rock Fest come up? yeah okay i am drinking a beer actually did blue ridge rock fest uh come up before discussion of a new album or was the new album in play and that's why he decided to do blue ridge no blue ridge
2: was just a good offer um a lot of we knew um a lot of cool bands would be there it was a good enough offer to kind of make us go let's see you know i knew it was coming i knew the new album would be coming i knew we had to figure out something play a show at some point and we would had a couple of the offers that didn't quite work out just with the timing or whatever but this one just everything lined up it was far enough in the future that i could say yes to it and feel like we would get everything lined up for it. but like i, like I said I, I wasn't planning on doing anything i wasn't i was going to say let's play blue ridge and see where we're at probably do an album you know release the albums at some point after that let's just see where our fan base is see how we feel see if we're going to try to do more shows but then um You know, like I said, talking to Tom, our our manager, we just kind of got excited about stuff and and he was, he had way more faith in the band than I did. Mm -hmm. And so he had this plan and we talked about it. I'm like, I don't know, man, but we'll see. I'll I'll trust you on how things are going to go. And next thing you know, we announced a show at the machine shop uh, again, our hometown, and it sold out in less than 30 minutes. Damn, dude. And I was like. Cause we, we planned on two shows there. Cause we sell that out. I mean, it's our hometown, right? So we planned to, yeah. we, we assumed to, we sell it out. So we, we sold the first show. Like I said, in 30 minutes, we announced the next show for the following Wednesday to be on sale. Mm. And that one sold out in about 30 minutes as well. Dang. Dude. You know? And yeah, it was, I mean, it, that's never happened for us before. So we're like, okay, this is a little different right now. I guess this time apart, people are really excited. Um, we're cool enough that, I mean, we've been around long enough. We have fans kind of all over the, all over the world, really, but yeah. definitely all over the U S And it's really cool to see because they came to our previous couple of reunion type shows and received seeing them comment on our pages being like, oh, you know, they're as excited to see each other as they are to see us. That's, you know, like like people that had met at these previous shows that became uh, friends and started talking online. They get to see each other again because we're we're doing stuff shows again. You know, we actually announced a third show for that. Same place. It's almost sold out, and we, you know, we lined up a bunch more shows, um, all within driving distance. All weekend warrior stuff. I've got a job. Our drummer's got a job. You know, we all we've all got you know busy lives and stuff. Yeah. But weekend warrior type stuff. We're like, we can make this work, and kind of still try to, you know, bring what we're doing to to the fans again. You know, to these certain places. And We're trying to get out farther. Um, we're we're working on logistics for, you know, getting out to Florida, getting down to Texas, getting out to the West Coast. You know, but just. <laughs> We don't have any vehicle yet to do anything. So I, I don't know how that's gonna work. Yet.
0: <laughs> it sounds like starting over a little bit after such a long, such a long time of not playing.
2: Yeah, dude. I, we have nothing.
0: I do want I do want to uh let's talk about some old news. We only got about 30 minutes, about 20 minutes left with you. I want to bring up some old news, and what's funny is I got this sent over to me. It's on YouTube. Uh, before this was sent, I was actually watching a YouTube video the other day and some about Fred Durst and Limp basically came up with system of a down family values tour, then all of a sudden it says Taproot, and I'm like, well, hold on, they're coming on my show in a couple days. Let me go back and rewatch this. And I guess there was some drama there, uh, really between I don't think it was so much you guys at System of a Down, but maybe you guys and Fred Durst or Limp Biscuit. And so we have a voicemail that he played uh, for your vocalist, Steven. And I want to play that right now. And let's, I'm sure you recall hearing this voice message along back in the day. So let's check it out.
1: Here we go, Steve Fred Durst. Hey man, you fucked up. You don't ever bite the hand that feeds in this business, bro. And your fucking manager, so bad, is a fucking idiot, loser, motherfucker, going nowhere. You just chosen that path. Took you under my wing, brought you to my house. Fucking talk about your ass on radio and press. And you embarrass, like me and the Interscope family. Your association with Lobiscuit doesn't exist. Your manager slings that name around, he's gonna be blackballed. And probably be erased, and you will too. He's a fucking idiot. You're gonna fucking learn from this time right here. I hope you let your band know that hey, you just fucked yourself. You need to be associated with somebody in this business. You need something to get you out there and put you out there and believe in. It. Now you got enemies, and you're fucking yourself already. Tell your friend that don't fucking show up at my shows because if you do, you're gonna get fucked. All right, you and your fucking punk ass man. You call your fucking manager, David Men of 50s, whatever. Ask him what he's done and doing. You're, you're a fucking dumb motherfucker. You're learning right now exactly how to ruin your career before it gets started. All the luck, brother. Fuck you.
0: He goes, All the luck, brother. Fuck you, man. Okay, so t- what was that all about? What was that all about?
2: All right. So, you know, a little backstory um, when, you know, we'd been a band for maybe a year when we first uh, like we, we knew of Limp Bizkit already. We I, me and Steve went to see a show uh, when they opened up for Corn um, before before three dollar bill y'all came out. And then so when that we lived at a college town. So Steve actually got one of the, their first CD when it was uh, like a promo copy. You know, back in the day, you'd have promo copies for, for like you know, move, uh, music reviewers of the CD, and they they would you know be in a college town. They would often sell it back to like a radio, uh, record store, right? So we got a copy of that and sent Fred because there was inside there was a uh, address saying, "Hey, send your demos or whatever to to here," right? So we had kind had of jump on that. we were probably one of the first ones he ever got because we got to jump on the record, and he liked it. Called Steve up, and Steve, mind you, uh, even for this message, Steve lived at his house with his mom. Okay. Right? <laughs> so this is basically his mom's answering machine that is yeah. <laughs> so the first message was cool like he's listening he's, i think he had like negative reinforcement one of our old songs playing in the background it's like hey man i dig this stuff you know like you know cool man let's 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 hook up and so hung out with him a few times he'd come to detroit uh played some shows we got to see, see him heard you know hung on their bus a couple of times and and he talked again talked about us on mtv um really, but and we kept sending him music and he was liking it. Talked about, you know, some changes he wanted to do again and again, various things, um, changes we didn't take, mind you, but uh just little ideas he had, you know, he's yeah. definitely into the band. So we're excited, you know, we're young, we're up and coming, we're like, Yes, this is awesome. And and they're about to become one of the biggest bands in the world, you know. Um, same time though. Like, you know, years passed and not much was going on because we thought we were ready. In hindsight, we weren't ready. You know, I mean, we were still very much a a growing band. But, you know, he had signed Cold and worked with Cold. he had worked with some of the guys from Soulfly. He worked with Stained. And we're just like, what's going on, man? You know, and he he just kept telling us, just keep working, keep working. And eventually he gave us a what was essentially a demo deal for Interscope. And it was like, record three songs, and then you know we we can choose to use them or not, and if we don't use them, then certain things happen, and blah blah blah. It was just kind of like not a great deal after all the waiting and at the same time uh some management that we knew through a friend uh out in l a velvet hammer management, they got a hold of us, and they're you know they're legit they actually they managed system of a down, and they had asked us you know to like. If they could, you know, they wanted to. Basically, they were interested in us and set us up with a show to open up for System of a Down to see if we were, you know, the real thing. If they liked us or not. So they flew out. Uh, Mark flew out from Velvet Hammer. They, uh, you know, we rocked out, played a good show. They liked us. They and they got super excited about us. And all of a sudden, they they want to get us in front of some people. You know, so the first person they got us in front of a uh, in front of was uh, Rick Rubin. You know, and obviously we're gonna say yes to that you know you get to play in front of rick rubin hell yeah. yeah so we flew out did the show didn't say anything to fred at the time we don't like you know we, we weren't on that kind of level where we talked to him all the time but you know mm-hmm. we just flew out there just to see what was up and had I mean, a great he, he knew steve's mom's phone number right uh, yeah,
0: yeah So knew yeah. him enough knew him enough yeah
2: i'm mean, this before cell phones though and all that you know right, right, had a right. cell phone at yeah, right. the time so we flew, flew up flew out to la did the did the um did the showcase for rick uh flew back and when we got back was when we found that message from fred you know we found out pretty quickly the music industry is pretty small and he had heard we did this and he was not happy about it mind you we didn't sign anything we were just you know exploring options right
0: that's kind of that's kind of shitty to kind of so he was kind of claiming in a way kind of was he kind of claiming you guys like this don't do anything with anyone else do something with us you know before you answer before you answer that we are going to we're going to pause for a, a, a quick advertisement uh, for a break from one of our advertisers. And we we'll right back and then continue the story. And then we're going to play one of your older songs, Palm. So we'll be right back with Phil from Taproot.
1: Hey, folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report.
3: And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite.
1: We've got something pretty cool for you You're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package.
3: And guess what, Rockers? You can enter every month, so just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S.
0: And we are back with our uh, guest, Phil, from the band called Taproot. We are going to play poem here in just a second, but I want you to finish your story. Where, Where did you leave off at?
2: Let me think. So we were just talking about yeah, Rick Rubin and oh, yeah, yeah. we okay. just come back and had Fred claimed us. Right. So in a way, yes. I mean, it would be different if he had told us like, Hey man, you guys are real close. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, trust me, you know, this whole thing of like, just kind of reassuring us, but he was kind of this, you know, I, from what I remember, fairly distant. Again, he might have been talking to Steve more. I can't say for sure. We didn't have any bad blood with him. We love we 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 still love what they were do. Were you right? worried?
0: Were you worried when Fred Durst left that message on the answering machine? Were you like Steve? You fucked up, man. No, it wasn't his fault, but were you guys worried? Like for sure, this could like be the end of Taproot right now.
2: Yeah, and we didn't feel it. But looking back, I mean, even even then, I did not feel like we did anything wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with exploring your options, right? Mm-hmm. We hadn't signed any contracts with him. He, he had done nothing. Other, I mean, he not, they had done nothing for us. He had talked about us and all that stuff, but there was nothing set in stone anywhere, right? There was no promise of anything. So for us- I get, I get this all the time from Sebastian. Every right. time
0: something bad happens, he blames me. <laughs> well, that's got to blame someone.
2: <laughs> so for us, it's like it was a business, business decision. I mean, we're just exploring our options. And seeing what else was out there, right? And if Fred would come back and said, hey, dude, what's going on? And we said, hey, you know, we had this option to do this. We wanted to check it out. You know, he's with Ruben. You can't tell – you You can't blame us. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, man, of course. You know, but, you know, I got your back, man. Stick with me, dude. I got you. I'm carrying you through this. And we'd be like, okay, awesome, dude. You know, but he didn't. He got jealous or whatever, thought we were trying to backstab him, which we weren't. You weren't you're just trying to figure out a, 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 whatever avenue
0: you can take to get Tapper to that next level. Yeah. We're not under contract with anyone and why not have the opportunity to, no one should, he should not have ever been upset by that in the first place.
2: We were young and hungry, man. And we wanted, we wanted more, right? We wanted to break out and and do something more. And this was a, you know, and velvet hammer to, to be fair, they got us in front of six, seven, eight labels. We had a bidding war for us. Um, they did everything they could to get us the best deal they could get. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, for us, it, it ended up being one of the better things we, we could have done. Right. So, you know, especially with Fred kind of showing kind of his maturity level at the time. Right. We, and we were all young and dumb, you know, and we've all grown up since then. And, you know, Steve would actually, he's talked about this a lot. He wants to go up with Fred at, um, cause Lip Biscuits at that, uh, Blue Ridge Rock Festival. He wants to go up and do stuck. Are they, are they, did you guys all bury
0: the hatchet? Is everything kind of, not officially,
2: we haven't officially seen them or talked to them. Um, we played on a couple festivals where they, we kind of met eye contact, but hadn't haven't had a chance to actually, you know.
0: If, if we go to Blue Ridge, I know Sam's wanted to say we might go to Blue Ridge. If we go to Blue Ridge, we hope to see some sort of bearing of the hatchet live. Dude, we'd love
2: to. Like I said, Steve wants to go up there and sing with them, man. and, and we, yeah. we used to, He used to go up there and do Stuck with them live back in the day. And uh, it would be killer, man. It would be great. I think the fans would love it. Everybody knows the story by now. You know what I mean? It would just be fun. And cool and for everyone to just go yeah here we are 20 some odd years later man and we're all good there's no bad blood here do you were not
0: exclusive to the story that's kind of fucked up no i'm just kidding right. <laughs> we're not exclusive to, the, to the story it's out there yeah <laughs> well
1: don't forget that the that um there was a, also an issue of the songs would be you like you couldn't get the the uh Right back the rights, to the rights, yeah,
2: right, yeah, exactly. That's you know, yeah, the, the the contract was not very good for us, right, to do those demos. Um, you know, all good if they loved it and moved forward and signed us to a good deal, but also left us kind of in a bad spot if they didn't like us, right? And that's what had us worried, and that's what made us want to explore more things. Um, so also, though, at the same time, like I said, uh, Velvet Hammer managed System of Down, System of Down was supposed to be on Family Values that year, and uh, Fred ended up kicking. System of a Down off the tour for,
0: for Taproot, though, right?
2: Uh, for yeah, yeah, yep. B- Basically, for our management, like he didn't like that our management did that, and he said he said I love yeah, System it. of a Down, right. you know, but I don't, you know, your your boy, uh, you know, David Ben manifestes as he called him, but David Beno, uh, um, he didn't like what he did with us, I guess. So yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna play Palm actually after this interview is over because I didn't really find a good spot to play it. We don't only play the song by now,
1: but.
0: <laughs> But so uh, what I heard was that then, and maybe it's wrong. I don't know. I saw it on YouTube, right? So it's somebody else's story that I was watching. And we're going to talk about YouTube also for a second. But is it true what this guy said then that you guys were Fred Dur- or Limp Biscuit wanted Taproot and instead of system of down Taproot then turned down the family's value tour? Is that correct? Did you guys ever turn down? No. Okay. So that guy no, was no. full of shit.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't anything like that. It was—it was literally. I mean, system went down, they were already, you know, starting to blow up. They were supposed to be on that Family Values tour, and it was only because they managed they, we were managed by the same manager—that they got kicked off of there. They didn't do anything wrong. We weren't offered anything first. Um, we've, okay. we're never, we've never been offered Family Values at, at any point in our life. It was just one of those things.
0: Do you ever hear stories? Now we're going to go back to what I said. We're going to talk about YouTube. Do you ever hear a story on YouTube about your own band? And then you're like, that's not true. Or or how did they know that? Maybe it was true. Does that ever Like you ever Google yourself and see what's out there?
2: Yeah, there's uh, I mean, there's always weird stuff. There's some stuff that's I mean, even within our, as I, like I said, I'm reading our drummer's book. And even as I'm reading, I'm like, God, did that happen that way? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there's a guy, I don't even know what his name is he's on YouTube. He's always like the strange and sad story of Deftones, the strange and sad story of Corn. It's like always like strange and sad. Story. Right. And that's his deal. I'm like, what is that? Is that like a, a true story? Are you just making shit up? Because you can spend something however you kind oh, of yeah. you
2: want to, you know? And everyone's got different memories on how things happen. Time passes. You kind of remember yeah. things a little differently. Um, but yeah, nothing too weird for us. You know, <laughs> we, we kind of, we never got to that huge level where everyone's talking about us by any means, you know what I mean? We've, which I think has helped us at this point in our career because we never, we weren't a one-hit wonder. We weren't, oh my God, these were so big. These guys were so big so people kind of turned into haters. It's sort of like, We've just been at this level for a long time. We've always been good to our fans and played shows and always done, did our best to be a cool band. And I think it's, you know, 20 some odd years later, it's finally paying off.
0: <laughs> you, you're going to be on that guy's story, Tim. Because you, the strange and sad, sad story of Taproot. And all i going to say is they were on the Loud Spot podcast. And right. that's <laughs> going to be the end of it. That's going to be done. Let's talk about your new album coming out, I believe. There's a slash, and I think it's supposed to be an I for scissors. Is yeah. that accurate?
2: Yep. scissors comes out uh, September 29th. Uh, that's where we're doing that big album release party at the Machine Shop, and you know, all these shows are centered around that. Um, we actually had a, a song drop today um, on oh, Bandcamp. Did- yep, that's yep, wrong. yeah,
0: just on Bandcamp.
2: Yep, just on Bandcamp. It's not on YouTube or anything yet. Um, we're, we're it's working its way through all that stuff. Okay. Um, we're getting the, you know it'll be on Spotify and Apple and all so everything. It's supposed what's to be on. on Bandcamp. Uh, it's called VIP.
0: And it's it's made publicly available right now.
2: Yep, yep. Just came right. out today. Yeah, I dropped today.
0: Dude, I'm pissed off right now that I didn't know have- <laughs> I'm just gonna no, I know I wish I would have known that I would have probably found it out, uh found it somewhere, maybe played it on the show it just dropped today. You know what? I might go rip that song and play that song instead of palm uh at the end of this. So we don't know what I'm gonna do yet. We'll make it
2: work, out. man. It's it's a cool song. I mean, the, the reception, I wasn't sure anytime you release new music, you just don't know. But it came out, and the reception has been outstanding. Everyone seems to love it, and they're just talking about good things. And you know, I'm I'm really excited for people to hear more stuff from it.
0: Dude, I love the band Taproot. Thank you so much, uh, Phil, for coming on the show. I guess that's pretty much all the time we got. Is there anything else you wanted to mention um, before we get off of here?
2: Yeah, man. Uh, check out our you know Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Um, for like tour dates uh we're, we're playing more shows we're planning to do more and more as it goes on we got a lot of stuff coming we got merch we've got skateboards we've got all sorts of things man we're doing everything we can to you know just have some, we got record you know vinyl i guess vinyl's the new thing now people love vinyl yeah uh, we've got we've got a best of b-sides yeah. thing we got you know we all sorts of stuff coming out man so it's, uh-huh. it's the, the the machine's fired up again so if you like what what we've done in the past you'll like what we're doing now Right on. Go check out VIP Phil. I do want you to please
0: stay right there till after the outro song plays and I'll let you know why after the no show. Uh, that's all the time we got. I do want to thank my producer Sam. I want to thank Pantheon Podcast Network. Of course I want to thank you Phil for coming on the show representing your band Taproot and please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Fuck, I should have said that before we started the show. No one's gonna subscribe now. Everyone's already heard the fucking story and they've done clicked off of this episode. No one, no one cares. God damn it. No one cares about you. It's unfortunate. Phil, please stay right there. Peace out. Rock on and much love.
2: This is the loud spot outro
1: by nothing short of tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion, or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Nothing yes. short of tragic happens back again. Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? Yes. A pimp pose has to pimp show so to get more episodes, make an order. This is over.